frenemy, more like Ferengi. God damn, I'm funny. It's Traxicles. Engage. Hide your children, tuck in the ensigns, it is Trexticles. I'm your host, Pat Ryan. With me, as always, is the unfathomable Jake Fitzenrider. Jake, how's uh, it going tonight? Oh, I'm extremely fathomable. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to just apologize already to the listeners <laughs> for that. Uh, your stingers kept getting better and better. Now. Yeah. Frenemy. That's, uh, oh, yeah. I bottomed out. I, yeah. I hit my that, peak. And you write it, that one just on the spot. In the shower, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had those shower crayons, and I just, I, it inspired moments, so. I have no idea what a shower crayon is, but it, I Oh, want those one. bathtub crayons. Don't you remember that from when you were little? Nope. You were never my, a child. I was going to say, my parents didn't love me. It's okay. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, what I wanted to talk about just right off the bat was uh, something that I bumped into, uh, some videos I had seen on the web of a little game, uh, you know, before we get into the episode, a little bit of news-ish type stuff, called Artemis. And, Jake, I sent you the video of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is, it's basically, uh, if you'll remember, I talked about um, FTL before being a, a good bridge simulator sort of game. You know, directing power, commanding people to do things, aiming weapons, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, what this game is, is kind of the next major step in that, and it does require uh, having a land party, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. And, and I definitely urge you guys to go check it out at their website, which is, I've got it here, uh, it is Artemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S dot E-O-C-H-U dot com. And from there you can buy it, you can check out some videos of people playing it, some of the gameplay and all that. But you literally have a bridge. You've got a, a captain who doesn't have a computer. Then you've got engineering, uh, tactical, communications, and science. And and from there, you run a bridge. You can go to different space stations and refuel and repair. You can attack stuff. It looks like one hell of a game if you're somebody that really wants to... Uh, you know, take the reins of a, a starship of some kind. Uh, Jake, what did you what did you think of the, the little video I sent along to you? Oh, well, it, I mean, it's very definitely very intriguing, yeah. awesome looking idea. I uh, I do think if this game becomes more popular, this is going to be like the leading cause of like violence at <laughs> nerd get-togethers, though. Oh my god! I yeah. would just, I mean, just the whole idea that you are, you know, I mean, cooperative video gaming is annoying enough anyway. Believe me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, Call of Duty is the only reason that I think I would ever have yelled at an eight-year-old child. But <laughs> um, I just, with this being in person, and you are, you know, everyone can only perform those certain tasks, and it's all delegated by a captain. That yeah, just, just seems one like a recipe for an awesome disaster. Oh my gosh! I, I picture myself getting way, way into this, and if anybody were to disobey orders at all, I would probably lose my shit. I'm, I'm not an angry person. But I feel like, uh, very similarly to what you said about Call of Duty, this would be the thing that I would get way too serious about. I've never gotten overly serious playing sports with friends. I've never been competitive playing cards or doing anything. Except for squishy ball. Okay. Well, we had a a sport that we had created back when we were in, God, what was that, middle school? Yeah, it must have been. And that game was fucking hardcore. 
I agree. You did not walk away without bruises. Uh, <laughs> and, but we can do a, a podcast about that sport um, probably later down the line. We should. I actually, uh, just a side note, a couple of years ago, I was just putzing around on the internet. Yeah. And somewhere, I think it's down now, but it was one of the old, you know, GeoCities, Angel Fire type sites. They're actually, one of us had set up a, the official, like, U.S. Squishy Ball League oh website. God. And is yeah, it, it was pretty. Did it you was, say it's like still up or is there, it gone? Right? But it was just hilarious. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, head on over to Artemis.com. E-O-C-H-U dot com and check it out. It's, it's 40 bucks. You only need to buy it once. You can, you know, uh, put the software on everybody's computer. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Go check out some videos of it. Uh, shoot us a line either, uh, at Trexticles on Twitter or shoot us, uh, a quick email at Trexticles, T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S at gmail dot com. So, I think the most interesting part of that game is just that it really does allow a lot of room for, like, uh, sort of emergent gameplay going on because it seems like the basic game mode is uh wander around space trying not to die yeah but uh i was reading that there's a lot of you could sort of a you know i'm assuming just sort of play it by ear and make up your own goals but also there's apparently a whole system in place for scripting custom missions and scenarios and things like that so and i saw that and i i see that as being a source for any any of you pen and paper pen and paper uh role-playing game players out there mm. like this is uh, i i guess this would kind of verge on on the idea of almost a casual game for someone who's used to hardcore D sort of stuff right but i mean if you've got a dm that knows how to write a good story and and likes trek you know uh see if they want to kick in a couple bucks and want to play this game and have them just be like communications no one gives a shit about the communications officer mm-hmm. I'm sure, but I'm sure in this game, that's the thing. It's the most menial task is actually extremely important. Yeah. I'm, and so I'm, I'm so excited to play this. I just, I bought it for myself. I've been doing a little bit of testing and, and seeing just kind of how everything works. But I'm really, I'm looking forward to kind of getting my feet wet in this game. So yeah, if, if you've played this, let us know. Cause I'm, I'm really, really itching to play this one. The biggest problem in that game's marketing is that it, relies on the fact that you have to first find someone that wants to simulate the bridge of spaceflight yeah, and then find someone that wants to do that that has friends. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the biggest problem here. Oh, but. my gosh, that, that's so true because I, I've been going around like talking to my friends like, holy shit, you guys are not going to believe this game. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, it's, uh, it sounds okay. It sounds fun. I'm like, well, well do you want to like get together and play it? They're like, no. uh, sure. Like just that sort of they're never going to answer oh, my yeah. text when i'm like dude let's go play this mm. it's a it's a friend you've known for 10 years and they're giving you a fake phone number exactly. at this point. yeah call me i got a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh so speaking of friends uh we, we've got an episode of ds9 for you that i really enjoyed uh well i, I suppose jake will get your your final review out of you at some point or another here mm-hmm. but um are, are you much of a ds9 guy have you ever really watched much of it uh, again, just like everything post next generation, I sure it's you know it, I caught a few episodes when it was on. Yeah, so did I, and that was mostly because but... Worf. Because mm. when Worf transferred over onto uh, DS9, um, I, I mean, I liked his character when I was little, so of course I want to see more adventures with this badass character. Oh, yeah. So uh, this series is, I mean, not the strongest, of course, out of you know the Trek universe. 
but it has a lot to it that I enjoy. A lot of stuff that, uh, from the Treculations when we were talking about the series that we would like to do, uh, right. Jake had brought up that he would like to see a little bit more of the, the bureaucracy or the, mm-hmm. the day-to-day sort of stuff that isn't the bridge of a ship constantly getting in a fight or having somebody in a funny costume show up on their ship. Right. And this show delves into that a little bit, but they, I don't know, I feel like they fuck up a lot. Mm. And well, it, I have to give, uh, you know, whoever conceived of it and then greenlighted it a lot of props for sort of, you know, breaking the mold as far as like, yeah. you know, Star Trek was the exact same thing, pretty yeah, much for well, every series. And you know, and this I mean, is fun being different on characters, a space different iterations, but it's always the same formula, sort of. And this was like, no, let's just completely change it. Yeah, and so that that is the fun part of it. I, you know, I feel like the characters aren't as rich or exciting as someone like a Data is, or like Geordi, mm-hmm. or, and and maybe that's just nostalgia. Maybe it's just me. You know, I I have such a a pedestal that I place. Uh, TNG on and all the characters right. from it that sometimes uh, when things don't measure up I'm kind of torn between thinking like well is this show not as good or is it just not what I grew up consuming right well I think though uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think it's just not as good <laughs> we do uh, we obviously do look back because of you know when we were growing up yeah on next generation with that sort of reverence and nostalgia but I think almost universally people of all ages kind of agree that, with our assessments on this, yeah. where you know they're not this like Deep Space Nine, etc., aren't bad necessarily, mm-hmm. but don't live up to you know the really high bar that was set with Next Generation. Absolutely. Uh, and so in this episode, it kind of delves into a character that fits outside of the Federation of Planets, and it's it's largely around the Ferengi bartender and, and owner of Quark's bar, Quark, and. Uh, Earlier in the series, uh, well, even in this episode, they, they give an implication that he was, at one point, uh, they, his cousin tried to murder him. And early on in this episode, you meet his cousin again, and he's this slimy sort of, well, I mean, he's the, the baseline of what you expect a Ferengi to be. I mean, they're, they're a race that finds selling your own mother a, a status symbol. So mm. they're kind of fucked up, but... Different cultures, different planets, this, that, and the other thing. Well, it's kind of, it's, I mean, they kind of live like, uh, I'm drawing a blank now, but that rap song that came out a few years ago. I was going to say, Lil Wayne or whatever, money over everything. You know? <laughs> That's, That's kind of, every, whenever I'm watching this, I'm just like, whenever I'm watching anything with the friend game, I'm like, Jesus, really? <laughs> they lead that rap star lifestyle. Mm, well, wannabe. <laughs> yeah, but, um, the, uh, if you even look, uh, the guy, the actor that played Quark actually wrote the uh, the official book, The Rules of Acquisition, and mm. I've read through a lot of them, and it's super messed up, but fascinating from a cultural oh, standpoint. I'm sure, yeah. And it's, again, it's a really well-fleshed-out culture, as you would see with something like, uh, I mean, Vulcan is obviously our go-to race, but, you know, there's there's lore, there's stories, there's, like, it seems a very well thought out um culture to it. So mm. which is funny good or I bad. think when they originated that that was not the intent. I really think it's probably just dudes with big ears. Yeah, I think they were created because uh somebody who was writing one of these episodes was just uh he had just gotten taken by like a Nigerian scammer. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's what they're all like. Mm. Well, Nigerian scammers do have a tendency to scam people. That's what I'm told. <laughs> 
So if you're going to watch along with us, uh, this is, oh, for God's sake, I can't. Season I, 5, episode 18. Thank you. I need to do a little more show prep, but I'm not going to. At least 18 on the Netflix order, whatever that is, if that's broadcast or production or God knows. Yeah, so if you feel like tuning in, watching along with us, uh, we're going to start it up in just a sec here. But even if you haven't, uh, even if you want to watch this, pause now, go sit down, watch the whole episode, and come back once we start talking about it. It's a fun episode. It's something a little bit different, something that we haven't really tackled yet on the show. So, that being said, uh, I'm going to hit play here. Uh, you about ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, three, two, one, go. So, um, I, I love some of the games that they come up with in Star Trek. Like the, the sort of gambling things, and I'm not just, um, not just, what's the one from a piece of the action? Uh, Fizzbin, uh-huh. which was a total bullshit game, but I still think it's mm-hmm. a hilarious joke to make that none of my, Coworkers or friends understand what I mean. Said <laughs> reference. I love that's one thing I've always loved about sci-fi is the ridiculous games that they make up. Oh but yeah. Looking into it more, um, like when we were doing Voyager and they were playing Cotiscot, and then mm-hmm. this episode, looking into it more, I was actually very this as nerdy as hell, but very sort of disappointed that they never really fleshed out the rules of these you games that they made up. You would be surprised on fan sites. Mm. How many people have completely fleshed out the rules? Like they're, mm-hmm. I've read right, the rules list the for creators Fizzbin. would have done so, you know. Yeah, I mean they t- they went through the trouble of inventing languages and inventing cultures, but a card game seemed to be a little bit too much. Right, that's so, why I like Next Generation. They play poker. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> oh yeah, that, there's that one scene with like Data playing with uh, like Einstein and Doctor Hawking, and it's actually Doctor oh, yeah. Hawking, which is badass. Mm. All right. So, I actually find Quark to be a really relatable character. I know that sounds silly. I know that you're not supposed to really love him. But you get this sort of depressing honesty, especially in the scene that we're watching right now, where he Mm. loses the game and then he just kind of shrugs and in a very relatable way is just like, "I I don't have anything. Right. And it's... I feel like this episode really tests where his loyalties lie, which is a common theme for characters that are slightly outside of the rest of the crew. Right. But, you know, I just, I like the honesty of the character. Uh, in this case, in this episode, they they show him going through a lot of really hard stuff that we're going to be passing by as we, you know, watch this episode. But it's really interesting to find myself kind of relating to the character in a lot of ways. Maybe just because mm-hmm. I'm poor. Yeah, well, I, I can definitely <laughs> back you on that one. I think the most interesting thing about the character, or one of the most interesting things about the character in the whole race, is that they're all like shysters and con men types. Right. But they all seem to be pretty bad at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least the ones that they show, they all seem, like, in the episode, the ones they focus on are pretty terrible. Like, obviously, you know, Quark comes from a, a race and a culture that values, you know, Nothing Basically but money. Yeah. You know, money, wealth, acquisition, and he's apparently a terrible investor and speculator. Yeah. Because we just saw like, oh wait, no, all my investments are worthless. Yeah, and and that's strange because you would think and, and even his cousin, like, they seem just to be from shitty stock or something like that. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's you would think that a race based on that and nothing but that would be a lot better if they're still thriving or existing. Yeah, you would, but 
I guess maybe they just pick these characters because they don't want uh they don't want to portray the just pure greed and avarice as something that actually worked for somebody. Right. You know, they wouldn't want to have a dude that's kind of a shady con man, but he's a successful multimillionaire, you know, like just chilling, like well, living the, a good life. There's a really good quote, and I want to look that up here. I've got it uh, I've got it in my notes here somewhere. But uh he really kind of put Cisco in his place in Maybe it's this episode, or maybe it's the next one, um, or maybe like the first one that he appeared in. But um, oh, for God's sake, where is that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, whatever. I don't edit this podcast. So you guys are just gonna have to fucking suffer through mm-hmm. it. Um, but I know I want my own moon. <laughs> and you think if I mean if I have to kill millions and sell weapons to both sides of a war, but I can own a moon. <laughs> I might consider it. Yeah. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be happy with like a like a half acre in the suburbs somewhere. <laughs> a moon in the suburbs somewhere? No, I mean, oh. I'd be happy with a half acre oh, of land okay. somewhere. Okay. So a moon is, you know, it's a lot of real estate up there. Oh, right. Well, and I, you know, I kind of wonder if it, like a thousand years in the future... You know, when we're probably gone. Um, what it's going to be like if we do reach out that far and it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I just bought a planet. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's still going to be so, like buying a planet will still probably for a very long time be uh, uh, like a sign of wealth, I would hope. Yeah, kind of like owning a private island or something. Right. Um. I don't know. It does. It is interesting that even just the uh, the weirdness of and it seems to be brushed over a lot because of the time frame on Star Trek. But just the weirdness of you know once we do say even if we start like an international base of some sort on the moon or something like that. Yeah. Who has you know jurisdiction? <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's well, one of those we, really we got, weird we got there things. first. So I mean, is that is that ours now? Did we, just, did we just homestead the entire damn moon? And I'm hoping that we can years grow ago? up enough where we can just be like, okay, this is humanity's, and not right. fight over whose it is. And if you're, well, I mean, we already do that on the international, the ISS. Uh, the yeah, Station. but wasn't China locked out of that? Probably. Yeah, and that's kind of shitty. Like, I get it. We don't always have the best relationship with every country, but like, it's fucking space. Just let them up there and do their work if they've got good things to do. Yeah, but I, I suppose I'm just too much. Uh, I'm too trusting. I think because I'm sure if there's, you know, if you let everybody in there, somebody's going to have an ulterior motive. But I just prefer mm-hmm. to think that, you know, people aren't like that, but they are. So, oh, of course they are. And it's I, probably less the actual scientists and astronauts and more the organizations and governments behind yeah. them that we have to worry about. But so, and I, I found the quote. Uh, it said. Uh, you're overlooking like the conversation. Uh, humans used to be a lot worse than Ferengi. Slavery, concentration camps, interstellar war. We have nothing in our past that approaches that kind of barbarism. You see, we're nothing like you. We're better. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's definitely kind of a fuck you line, but oh yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it's so easy for us to look at them and be like, oh, they're just a bunch of crooks and dickheads, and you know, we've mm-hmm. had our fair share of being not so great. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, at least we're, we're Americans, so we're actually one of the few people that get to be proud of oh, our yeah. savage past. Right. Yeah, because we own this country first. Exactly. <laughs> Here's another transplant from the uh, from the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, in this scene, we've got uh, Chief O'Brien from the uh, the transporter room and the engines. I, I like I like Cole Meany. He's been in a lot of really great stuff. I love love him in uh, Hell on Wheels. He was he was even good in the American version, well, the original pilot for uh, Life on Mars. Mm-hmm. The American version, they redid it and then had Harvey Keitel, but he did an episode, and he was fantastic in that. He plays a great bad guy, but I mm-hmm. never understood his purpose on Star Trek. <laughs> so I can kind of see that. Just yeah, he's just kind of this doughy guy. He yeah, never, he just, I I have like absolutely no opinion of him. Yeah, I mean, he was <laughs> like, even a main he's just the most feature. bland character I've ever seen. Yeah, he was super big in Data's Day. Mm. Uh where it was the the wedding between he and Keiko uh-huh. and that whole thing falling apart and even then he didn't really throw in that much for me. I mean, oh. he does okay looking angry. <laughs> the useful skill. <laughs> yeah. It's uh there's actors that have built entire careers on that, actually. So, yep, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> that, that's him being angry, right? Or I'm not just sure. Yelling or whatever. He's just yelling. I'm not sure he's really angry. He's just loud. I wonder if he's ever been on Star Trek. If it not, sounds, he fucking should be. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something that would have happened, but Captain Gottfried, <laughs> Captain Affleck, thing, Captain former Affleck. <laughs> oh, is he not? Was he? Do you, know, you remember that he got fired because he uh, he tweeted some uh, terribly inappropriate jokes right after the big tsunami a few years ago? Oh, and they dropped him after that. They, yep. Oh, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep. <laughs> That's why he's you know been relegated to showing up on uh, not not to you know besmirch. Is that even a word? Oh. Not, not to belittle our medium, but he's even been, you know, spending his time showing up on like podcasts and doing the sure, roast and all sure. that because, you know, I well, think he needs money. Sure, and and he really like he used to be somebody, but yeah, as so many people, you say something, and people kind of see your true colors, and well, mm. I mean, but it's Gilbert Godfrey. Do you really expect him not to make offensive jokes? Like, sure, I suppose I understand that. I think that's my opinion of it. It's like you didn't, you know, you didn't get upset if you went if you went to like go see Don Rickles and he made fun of you. Like, sure, you know. Now back to uh, the episode that we're watching. This they have on this ship in this episode transported a shitload of guns and they're all on these nice little museum style pedestals. Mm-hmm. This ship has the worst security ever. Well, aren't they? They're holograms, right? Isn't that the whole the whole point of this? I thought, I thought the targets were all holograms. Oh, I thought the I thought I'm not sure. You might be correct. I thought the weapons were fake as well, and that's the whole okay. reason that they're so able to pull this off room, at basically. all. Okay. Well, that makes a little more sense. Mm. Is that like a? I, I really think they just took like a like the old Super Scope from N- Super Nintendo. One of them in this just, episode, and I think it may have been the one that we just saw was a Super Scope. That's fantastic. Yeah. I like the big one. <laughs> yeah, Super Scope was awesome. Most of the weirdest attachment <laughs> ever. Well, the game Super Scope 6 was really fun, actually. Oh, yeah. Especially that fun my, gopher hunting game. That was amazing. My favorite feature is the fact that it required, like, eight AA batteries every <laughs> 45 seconds. Right. 
Now, see, the whole thing that kind of throws me about this episode is I don't see Quark wanting to get in on this sort of thing. I see him as a gambler. I see him as a scam artist. I see him as somebody that would, you know, pick your pocket while shaking your hand. But Mm. I feel like, and I mean, I know he's, you know, back against the wall sort of thing. And so he is selling the weapons because he's so deep in debt. I don't know. I just, I, maybe I just want better for the character. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this just isn't something he would do. Well, spoiler alert. Well, he may have a change, may or may not have a change of heart. Sure, sure, sure. It's not a spoiler if I say may or may not. No, you know? no, that's, that's still within. Bruce the... Willis may or may not have been dead the whole time. What? Are we talking to mm-hmm. Die Hard? Hmm. <laughs> that coy <laughs> little giggle of yours. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Absolutely speechless. I just want to get this out here on the uh, the podcast so I have it a uh, hard copy in case anybody steals this from me. I think they should call uh, the next Die Hard movie Old Habits Die Hard. Nice. Thank you. That's brilliant. I, I really want... Uh, I, I've been hoping for years that some other film franchise would start naming their sequels in the same vein as Die Hard. <laughs> like, I think that would be the greatest thing ever. Uh, step up, step, like, step upper. Uh, exactly. Live for your step up. You know, like, it's perfect. <laughs> a good day to step up. It's just fantastic. Now, again, on this show, very similarly with, um, with Voyager, is they've got really great practical effects. Like, the actual makeup that you see on people's faces... I think mm. looks phenomenal. Oh, the yeah. CG is still not quite there, only because it was that weird phase between us first discovering computer-generated graphics and us actually getting good at them. Mm. So, I mean, that I'm willing to forgive. You still see a lot of, like, Photoshopped-in explosion-type stuff when they're doing mm. space fights. Oh, yeah. But when it comes down to it, when they try to make an alien race in these shows, they really knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah. I agree. And whoever, I want to meet the uh, whoever designed the cl- Ferengi like clothing. Seriously, yeah. I would rock one of those jackets and every it's single very day. Very cool because it's almost like um, like a popper sort of looking coat, like where mm. you would feasibly think that a race that thrives off of swindling other people would wear because it means mm. they don't because they're notoriously cheap. Right. So why wouldn't they have a patchwork outfit? Mm-hmm. But it also, to me, just screams of, like, that sort of man. shady person that's trying to oh, dress yeah. up, like, fancy and stand out, sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. Fancy might be the wrong word, but... <laughs> I get what you're saying. My biggest problem with this episode, well, the biggest problem so far, is that... We can't travel this, that this far into space? Hologram, what? No. We can't travel the, that far out into space, I said. Nah, yet. Uh, this whole hologram weapon thing seems like a great idea except you are selling huge contracts to dangerous important people of items that they never actually get to use or test especially just coming from a race that's just assuming that the holograms are perfect accurate representations like it yeah. just seems because really just, all they would have to do is just sell a bunch of nerf guns that they painted and they're like oh yeah, it's the same and then they'd exactly. make a shitload more money and wouldn't have mm-hmm. to spend the money on actual... Gu- of course, they'd be then murdered by the, the gangsters that were buying them, but... Right, because all they have are hologram guns <laughs> to shoot back. <laughs> but, I mean, what are the bad guys using, then? True. Nerf well, guns versus I mean, you think hologram about it. You're guns. Not gonna, you're not going to make a hologram weapon jam or you know backfire and explode. Uh, that's true. 
But it's it also, seems... even if it does, it won't matter because it's a hologram. Right, but I'm saying, it, it, I don't know. It's just more, <laughs> I guess it plays into more that this really is uh, not just weapons dealing. It's kind of a scam as well. Yeah. Uh, once again, they've got, like, a arguably hot chick in, like, a lycra outfit, but she's got a weird head thing, so she's no longer hot to me. I'd still do it. Eh. <laughs> do it and tweet about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I like that in this episode, O'Brien takes a baby to a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know he's, like, not willing to set his kid down for a second, and that shows a whole new set of, like, psychological problems, but... <laughs> uh... And he's playing darts <laughs> baby in hand. Hey, why not? <laughs> that seems like one of those things. Have you ever had a dart bounce back and just, you know, kind of give you a near miss? In you that case, say, uh... that would be the baby. Mm-hmm. That'll toughen him up. It's good. <laughs> Speaking of the bar, I love, you know, obviously in my profession, I go to a lot, a lot of bars. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I just love when somebody names their bar after themselves. <laughs> I don't know why. It just What's cracks the me up, uh, best or worst name? The best or worst name of a bar. Let's yeah, see. that's named after someone. Is it, oh, is it like a Stumpy's? Or a... It has to be named after a person then you're saying? Uh, or just the best name of a bar, whatever, I'm not picky. Quark's is a pretty cool um, one. Quark's Bar, yeah. Where everybody knows my name. It's kind of the way I <laughs> p- picture him pitching Sometimes that. Sometimes I want to work where everybody knows my name. Uh, okay, um, best bar name. Go! Uh, that's a tough go. one. Go! Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, out in Alliance, Nebraska, there's a place called The Gathering Spot, which is on most of their advertising shortened to The G-Spot. <laughs> And their tagline nice. is where everybody comes together. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's stupid, but it's kind of brilliant. Uh, there's a bar uh, around here called, uh, well, it's in a train station. It's called The Caboose. And yeah. I'm always really upset when there's not uh, loud disco music and ABBA playing out of there. Because <laughs> that should be the name of a bar in Boys Town. Because that would be the best name for a bar ever. Oh, I agree. I was, we were actually talking the other day, uh, me and my bandmates about it, opening a bar down south here. And like, this would be the greatest theme bar ever. Just call it Rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> and like, seriously, just call it Rednecks. Have a bunch of TVs showing college football. NASCAR. Make all, and NASCAR, yeah. Make all your promotions like cheap beer. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, man. And, and you don't give half price to anybody that looks like a redneck. You charge double to anybody that doesn't. Exactly. Uh, that's good. I like that. And it's kind of just an inoffensive name for a bar. Yeah, but people down here would love it, though, I think. Yeah. Now, uh, in a little bit of the research that I had done about the Ferengi, they're the ones that, uh, they're also like super, like, health conscious, mm. which is a weird trait to have. They're the ones that created Synthahol because really? it doesn't, um, it doesn't, I guess, poison, I guess they say, your body the same way that regular ethanol does. Mm-hmm. Ethanol or methanol? Which is the one that kills It's you? ethanol, I believe. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I found that really, really fascinating that uh, people that are not afraid to lie, cheat, and steal are, you know, really health conscious. And that's kind of mm-hmm. nice. 
Well, you live longer, you can make more money. That's also very true. Mm-hmm. I could use some synthol right now, actually. <laughs> nice. Oh, give it some time. You know, they actually do sell Romulan ale. I'm See, sure it's delicious, too. Yeah, I've seen it on a couple of websites. I guess it's an energy drink. At one point, it was a beer at the mm-hmm. uh, Las Vegas theme restaurant that they had. Star this, Trek experience yeah, or whatever. Which is uh, where I think we ordered our our Star Trek uniforms from. Yes, sir. Um, but they had an actual beer there. Like, it, it was an actual, you know, beer beer. Mm. But it was either blue or green, and I looked on a beer critic site, and it was like it got like a one percent rating. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I, it just reminds me of when they, whenever a new uh, like Final Fantasy game comes out, they start marketing like like uh, you know cure potions. Oh yeah, and it's That's just brilliant. it's like it's like this nasty sugary blue colored neon crap yeah. that only gets sold you know because it's a gimmick. Oh sure. But that that's good marketing. I mean, oh, if that they said, started doing stuff like buy that, I want shitty Romulan ale, just ones. But I'd have sure. to try it. Oh yeah, and like I'm sure they way overcharge for it too because it's mm-hmm. a novelty thing. And if they start mm-hmm. doing that around the time that Star Trek comes out, like, or, you know, Into the Darkness comes out, mm-hmm. I, if they're like, hey, try this energy drink, it's Romulan ale. You bet your ass I'm gonna buy one. Why not? Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. But I mean, you know, the other 364 days of the year, I'd look like a moron walking around with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Well, that's true. Most people probably wouldn't even get the reference. <sighs> you probably look smarter than people like myself walking around with four loco. <laughs> you, you drink that stuff? I do. You. I know. I got, well, I got hooked on it when, uh, the first time I heard about it was when it was getting all the controversy and, uh, this well, girl was a I knew down here was like, you have to try it. And I was like, okay. So I walk into a gas station. All right. I grab three. They're like 16-ounce cans. They're not mm-hmm. the giant ones. But I grab like three of them, set them down, and there's the dude working the gas station counter is like probably like 6'6", 350-pound black dude. Looked like he clearly was a football player, just giant. And he just looks at me and shakes his head. He's like, <laughs> what? He goes, mm, you don't need three of those. And I was like, what? He's like, trust me. I've tried it. You don't need three, so I put one back, and he was right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got pretty jacked up from it? Oh, yeah. Well, that was back when it actually was an energy drink and malt liquor. Oh, that's right. I, I tried one of those way back. Not not for loco, but something similar. Mm-hmm. It's so. weird to me that those are illegal, but you can still sell, like, you know, Jaeger bombs and, like, Jack and Coke. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack and Coke's not bad. Coke has caffeine, but not nearly as much as, as a not Jaeger as bomb much, would. right. Um, I, you know, I would honestly have such a good time if any bar in the area would just do a regular once a month Star Trek theme night. <laughs> like, if they would have their bartenders, you know, have someone come in, do makeup, make them look like, you know, a bunch of different races and, mm. and pay some of the, you know, bar girls, like, to do that, like, do the whole dress up thing. Like, that would be super fun. I would go to that on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to space that out to like once a year because I don't think there's going to be much of a regular draw for that. Yeah, that's true. Unless it was maybe downtown Chicago or downtown New York. You know, like, you know, maybe somewhere a huge population center, but I don't know. Yeah. I, w- I would go, I would definitely go once and be very ashamed. I would not be <laughs> checking in on Facebook to that one. Oh, yeah. I would check in on Foursquare. I'd tweet about it. <laughs> I would take a couple Instagram pictures. 
and then I'd never get laid again. So, uh, so nothing could change. Basically. <laughs> Business as usual. All right. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Bringing it full circle here. Oh. Whenever I see, uh, totally drawing a blank on her name. What's her name? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is that da- Dax something? Jadzia Dax. There you go. Um, I I just get reminded of that picture that was going around where the chick claimed to have fallen asleep in the tattoo chair, <laughs> and got and uh, she just got like forty stars tattooed all across. her Oh, face. I remember that. <laughs> For some reason, that always just reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah. Joe, she's pretty hot though. She reminds me of the chick from uh, How I Met Your Mother, that Colby Smol- mm. Smolders. She's also in the know. Avengers. I do not. I do not watch that show. So yeah, yeah, it's a decent show. It's nothing, nothing fantastic. I like NPH. That's really all I care of about. Course. Oh, and more shit with the baby. Like that's something that seems to ruin. I just feel like kids and babies are really bad for any Trek series. Mm. Like, did you see a single episode where you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what Alexander has to say? Because... Good point, no. Yeah. I mean, Wesley was fun because he was a nice, like, whipping post. Mm. Just have bad things happen to him. You'd be like... And and I'm sure the intention was to be like, oh, man, space is difficult for a kid, but everyone's just like, fuck Wesley. Exactly. I think the only reason that, like, babies and pets even exist in Star Trek is just for the stupid forced humor of, you know, Data trying to figure out how to handle a cat or Worf dealing with a crying baby, you know, like... Yeah, and, and I, I get that. It's one of those very humanizing things. Mm. Uh, Brent Spiner said that he totally hated the idea of him having a cat in the show. He thought really? it was awful. Which is funny because do. I've been very open about the fact that I love that he has Spot. Mm. I think it worked. I mean, the whole point oh, of, absolutely. you know, just, it's just another way that he's trying to be human, you know? Yeah. You know what? One of the most fun jobs on Star Trek, and I'm, I'm seeing on the screen right now, they're doing, uh, like, presentation of food, trying to look all ritzy and all that. It would mm. be really fun to be the person who has to create the prop food. Because they're like, yeah. oh, what do they eat in space? We're on a space station in the Kardashian zone. Like, that has to be so much fun. Because you're probably just like what grabbing. It actually is. It, it's probably other food that they just soaked in food dye and then you mm. know shaped into something else. Because a lot of times you see them eating it. Right. So I mean, it's obviously not plastic or poison. Uh, well, the two things I probably. usually make food out of. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. There's there's like this really weird thing going on where this guy just grabbed. Uh, not Quark. wait. Yeah, no, it was Quark. Grabbed Quark's ears. Mm. And like did it in that sort of like loving pinchy thing. But it came off as really creepy. Well actually I this guy does a great job, I think, in this role. Yeah, I feel like it was originally meant for Malcolm McDowell. That would have worked. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I suppose we all have budgetary limitations. Especially us. <laughs> hint hint anyone who's but. listening and wants to donate or has something that we can hey, yeah, talk up on the show, advertise, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you can buy ad space. I'm gonna, I'll be releasing announcements about that soon. I'm talking to a couple people who are considering throwing us some money. I'm not gonna be surprised if they pull out once they listen to any episode of the show. <laughs> but 
But yeah, no, we're we're open to that. If anybody out there has a small business they want us to chit chat about a little bit. <sighs> I was actually listening to another uh podcast uh and I like that they uh their idea and this is a big you know, like an ESPN big time podcast, but they make no qualms about it. They tell their listeners like get your friends to subscribe. Mm. We don't care if they listen. We just need the downloads. <laughs> like maybe we should start that. Like make all our friends like just subscribe and download. You don't have to actually listen to us babble. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be surprised if I can get my family to uh, subscribe. Well, I suppose my family <laughs> doesn't have to give a shit about that, but I'll pay my mm. girlfriend to listen to an episode. There you go. <laughs> oh. Speaking of something, I'll guarantee you don't get laid for a while. <laughs> make her listen to this drivel. Absolutely. Hello, ladies. Uh, there's something I want to bring up a, a little bit later after the episode. Um, some interesting conversation I've I've had through our our show's Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But things are getting kind of okay. See, that guy's clearly supposed to be John Goodman. There's somebody in the scene spotting <laughs> me just looking at that. There's a guy that's definitely supposed to be John Goodman, but he's not. Well, that, I, I always imagine that's exactly what casting for a TV show is like this is, is like, yeah. give me a cheap John Goodman <laughs> and a cheap Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. It was that that said, this spoke of the different phases of an actor's life where it's like, you know, get me Malcolm McDowell and then year later it's like, get uh, me that's the young actually, Malcolm McDowell. That's Khan. That's Ricardo Maltaban. There you that. go. Yeah. Yep. And that that's a beautiful quote. Like I think that's absolutely hilarious. Uh look it up. It's it's something like, um Who is Ricardo Maltaban? Uh give me Ricardo Maltaban. Give me a young Ricardo Maltaban and like Give me a Ricardo Maltaban type. Yeah, and like uh, whatever happened to Ricardo Maltaban or something. I don't know. Very very funny, very poignant quote. And yet again with uh, looking outside the windows of a spaceship and it clearly looks like just a black sheet with holes cut in it. Yeah. That drives me nuts. Like Random boy in one... Incubus thinks the real sky looks like that, so. Oh, well. No, that's, that's an obscure lyrical reference. I apologize. Not a big Incubus fan. They have their moments. Oh, I'm sure. That's all I'll say. What is, I, I, what, I just noticed this. What is it like? Is that a brooch or a bow tie or like two door knockers? Uh, oh yeah. That he's wearing like. Yeah, Quark is this weird bow tie looking two rings and a something else spark plug. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know, but <laughs> it, it looks awesome. I kind of want, well, like I said, I, I really, every outfit that any Ferengi wears in this show, I want. Yeah, I would I, wear I all of these jackets. I what they have by means of Ferengi costumes. A Ferengi mm. costume. I would uh, buy them just so I could use the jacket and wear it regularly. Right? 100% serious. Well, I kind of want to do that with, with a Gangnam style costume as well. <laughs> I want one of those suits. Isn't it just a regular suit? Yeah, but it's big and bright colored and awesome. And I can't find a good enough Ferengi outfit. They've got like a Ferengi military outfit, which is funny because Ferengi never really engage in war. They have started them. They have, you know, allied with people to get resources and stuff, and then they run away. And they've also sold weapons to both sides of a conflict, apparently. Sure. Now, this is really weird. What they have happen here is uh, as guilt starts to get the better of Quark, 
you see him having this dream sequence that's very, I would say, tame if it's going for trippy. Mm. But it's kind of everyone being like, you killed us, you're a bad guy, because you did all this stuff. That's really not something you see. Like, dream sequences are not super huge in the Star Trek shows. Right. I feel like they did it a lot more in the movies. Mm. <clears throat> like in uh, Nemesis, when, uh, you know, Troy gets ghost raped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of dream sequences like that in there. Can you please cut that uh, those four words out and put them on the soundboard? <laughs> Which one? Troy got ghost raped. <laughs> oh, that'll be the stinger for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't should not be trusted with the soundboard because yeah. I would just I would take that and I would play it like every like thirty seconds and just kind of giggle. <laughs> no, I would just like to point out right here O'Brien winning the worst father in the fucking world competition because he set the baby on the engine of the ship and it's like, oh the baby's sleeping so quietly. It's like, dude, you're a fucking lunatic. It worked, right? <laughs> it did, but I suppose if you, you know put a baby in helium-rich environment, it'll probably fall asleep. You, you got way too sciencey for me. Let's pull <laughs> it back just a little bit. Uh, if you choke a baby. <laughs> oh, why am I laughing <laughs> If you that? choke a baby, they'll die, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, it's like that one Shakespeare quote. Mm-hmm. But soft, <laughs> what light through yonder baby chokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Oh, and Quark's back to play some more cards and stuff. Adorable. I actually really like the command uniforms on uh, on Deep Space Nine. Mm. Like how it has kind of a dull gray on black. Mm. I feel like that looks way more like feasibly futuristic. Where it's like it's not out of like people could wear something like that right now, and you wouldn't look at them like they were lunatics. It's not like they're wearing bright red or bright yellow or anything. It's just subdued enough that it feels right, and then like the the mock turtlenecks underneath are the the parts that do have the color. Mm. So, yeah, costuming on the show is actually surprisingly fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, I feel like I was... that they did a great job on Voyager too. But I feel mm. like that show really shines with their their aliens, their unknown species. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Voyager knocked it out of the park every time with that. They mm. also did the Borg ships a lot better than even TNG ever did. Yeah, Borg ships just crack me up in general. Oh, I get God, that yeah. it's just very strange, but it's like what? <laughs> yeah, it's a all... cube that kind of meanders through the universe, really. That's and the, the inside is made up of toys that you can win for selling magazines, like the little <laughs> the spark windows and all that other stupid mm. tubes and shit. Like that is all just like children's toys. I expect to see one of those little like tabletop disco balls and like a lava <laughs> lamp in there. <laughs> Just floating above one of their heads. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to point out, because I did not notice this, because I usually uh, watch Netflix on my uh, PlayStation, but I brought it up on the laptop for mm. this so I can actually be next to the microphone. Yeah. Which, for our listeners, is probably the worst place that I can be. But um, <laughs> On the microphone? The, the, yes, near <laughs> anywhere near a microphone. A terrible idea. They uh, They give, like, you know, descriptions of... You know, a bunch of keywords like, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, like Family Guy would be like raunchy, silly, witty comedy. You know, like there's a bunch of different sort of tags, genre yeah. tags. Mm. And uh, for Deep Space Nine, 
the genre tags. There's one entry. This says, this show is dark. <laughs> what? Like, I don't know. There's nothing else. It wasn't like, I mean, it's, it was like adventurous is. or futuristic or like, you know, it's, it's just dark. No. There's nothing else. Nothing. There's, this show has no other traits, apparently. I guess not. I mean, unless they're talking about dark as in, in thematic sort of stuff, because this show mm-hmm. delves into things that are a lot more, not necessarily macabre, but like, you know, you're seeing kind of the seedy underbelly of space, which is what yeah. I actually really enjoy because they're kind of, they're out there, they're by themselves. They're mm-hmm. in territory where they're not really wanted. Excuse me. And they don't really have a lot of control over who comes and goes. I mean, they've got security and security protocols and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a space station. Right. Like, people do trade there. People go to bars there. People stay there overnight. Mm-hmm. So well, it is a lot darker than all, than probably probably any of the other Trek series. But oh, it just, yeah. just struck me as so strange that that's the only thing. The only thing that these people could come up with to describe this show. Yeah. Now, I want that jacket that Quark's wearing right there. That looks like a pane of, uh, of like, what's it called? The glass, painted glass? Stained, stained glass? Uh, sort of. yeah, the colorful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Stuff that church has got. And stained glass, right? He, he uses a, it's weird. I, now that we're talking about costuming, I just noticed he seems to arbitrarily change between like two or three outfits throughout this episode. Well, I, I think I'm wondering that's if it's if it's intentional, like these are supposed to be separate days, or if it's just like the content, the editor just got really, really baked. Well, I think <laughs> that this episode takes place over the span of a couple months, is what I get mm. the impression of, because you right. see Quark actually being a part of this this arms empire. Right, right. And so, uh, and also his clothes go from being just like his normal, like, uh, jacket, shirt, you know, normal day-to-day clothes, and they get more and more bizarre and interesting, mm. which culturally means that they are, like, the flamboyance of their outfits is uh, telling of their status in Frangi mm. culture. So I kind of like that they do show that. And even with his cousin, he's got a lot more like sparkles and bells and whistles on his outfit too, and that that's kind of a cool thing because you're you're getting to see a window into that culture, where it's like, oh, here's a progression happening as you know, as if it were in their own culture when it's really just two of them. I mean, there mm. may be more Ferengi on the ship, but you know, we don't see him. Right. No, I hear you. Well, I, I mean, I would do the same thing. The more money I make, the more ridiculous my clothes are going just to be. Just dress like it's a space a f- pimp. What? Just dress like a space pimp. That might be my next step. <laughs> they I mean, need to I, start walking around with canes. Yes, do like the Bootsy Collins thing. <laughs> there um, you go. Like, yeah, that is one thing. I I think Space Pimp is my next step because I've been <laughs> like I go through the phases. You know, I had sure. the, we were in Nashville, so I had the country phase, the pearl snaps, and all that. Please tell me then, you had a hat. Did you wear a cowboy hat? I did not. Oh. They're too expensive. They're awesome, but they're too expensive. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I sort of. When we moved down here, I sort of went back to the, you know, Motley Crue wannabe look with the ripped up, you know, no sleeves and all sure, that sure. bandanas. But I need a new thing. So Space Pimp. Yeah, is. yep. Or just Ferengi. See if anybody picks up on it. <laughs> I'm sure you can find an old prop jacket. I think Quark might be a little bit shorter than you. Yeah, probably. That uh, Armin, can't remember his last name, uh, the guy that played Quark is like super mm. short. He's like 5'3". Is that why he wears pants that go like all the way up to his chest? Might just be an alien. Given the, yeah, given the appearance of looking slightly taller, I guess. That yeah, could be. 
And I'm sure that's kind of a challenge too, is when, when you have to do this sort of thing, because Ferengi are, are typically shorter than humans. Like, it's mm. gotta be weird just looking for dudes that are like small and kind of creepy looking. And be like, <laughs> hey, we're gonna make you look weirder, and we're gonna dress you like a moron. Mm. So, but they, I mean, it works. It kind of adds that bit of like, you have to suspend your disbelief, sure. But I mm. mean, it makes it almost, more believable once you can get over that. I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure if that phrase made sense, but I, I think you get what I'm saying. No, I got you. Yeah, it's realistically so, weird enough. Mm-hmm. So. I like how much like that. Uh, There's some sort of I only caught about a half second of it, but just walking through the foreground, there was a uh, some sort of alien race. I couldn't catch what it was, but he, you're talking about the prosthetics and the makeup. Mm-hmm. Even for that extra, like I bet if we freeze framed it. It'd be like, wow, that's pretty yeah, awesome. I, I, they probably look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even even if it's like just throwaway sort of stuff, I feel like if you're going to build a show like this, that's important. Having mm-hmm. having yeah, totally. even the the nobodies look like they could be somebody. Mm-hmm. And plus, if you were one of the makeup people, why wouldn't you want to do that? That seems fun. Oh, yeah, exactly. This has got to be this is either like the dream job or the job from hell for make budding makeup artists. Oh yeah. It's funny, I actually was talking to someone who was going off to get her master's in uh, makeup for horror and sci-fi. Mm. Fascinating young woman, but it like... Well, I'm sure. The, the interest level in that sort of thing. And the thing was, is when I picture somebody who's going to be doing like makeup and stuff like that, I'm picturing Tom Savini, like the guy mm. from the original Dawn of the Dead. Like I'm picturing more gruff kind of... Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I picture somebody a lot uglier. This girl was adorable. Right. She's like, I just want to do horror makeup because I think that's mm. fun. I'm like, you're really cute, and that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, and like, I I would love to do that sort of stuff. That that seems like if I could do any sort of background job on a Star Trek show, I would love to be the makeup guy, makeup or costuming. And I know that I sounds like a weird thing to say. But that would be a riot just to kind of build the the races that have been mm-hmm. written into the show and kind of make them your own because somebody oh, yeah. has to decide what they look like. Mm. So that that's just such an interesting career. I would love to be the head of that design team. I would not want to be actually one of the artists that has to spend. Oh, we're shooting again. <laughs> get get in my chair for four hours. <laughs> Need to make you look like a Klingon again. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it ever got quicker. Like, if you had worked with the same actor. Like, picture Worf. Uh, mm. He he was in, like, I forget how many episodes of Star Trek he was actually in. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's a ridiculous. shitload. Um, mm. I wonder if, like, if he had the same makeup person for, like, five or six years, if they were able to just basically toss him right into the, the makeup and the costuming. Like, if it ever got any easier or any mm. faster. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah, I, I should look around on Twitter and see if there's any... Anybody that used to do makeup for Star Trek, see if I can talk to them a little bit, just because mm. that'd be so interesting. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I actually don't know how much of it, like... I, I mean, I really don't know what it even... That's that's an area where I know absolutely nothing. I don't know what it would take. Like, I don't even know how you make someone look like that. Sure. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I, I imagine a lot of it is, like, molds and all that other stuff mm. that are, are tailored to somebody's head or, you know, whatever you're adding the prosthetic onto. But at the same time, it seems like there's got to be so much stuff to make it look like natural-ish or, or whatever your version of natural is going to be for the show. Right, right. One thing Enterprise did really well is uh, with the Andorians. 
mm. giving them blue skin that looked believable and having antlers that moved on their own or antennae oh, that yeah. moved on their own. Like that was, that looked really cool. And I would love to do something like that. Or, or yeah, I suppose maybe design it. Mm, not like, have to actually apply it every time. Right. I, I see talking about this and how much that obviously I like his iPad, by the way. Yeah. Um, Star Trek invented iPads. Just pretty much. Uh, FYI, I am so dead positive that <laughs> Star Trek invented iPads. Mm, pretty much. But this just makes me realize how awesome it would be to be on a Trek series and play a human. Oh, we're going to start, uh, our, sh- you know, makeup's going to start at 5 a.m. Uh, you can roll in around noon. <laughs> we'll start shooting. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Dorn, you have to be in at 3 a.m. Right. Like, so me, I'm just, uh, I'm just putting on this, uh, the same shirt and <laughs> yeah. pants, right? Get your, cool. Get your jumpsuit on. And now that we're at the uh, the end of the episode where you're seeing kind of it all going back to where it begins, like, I just, I like that for a race that is so swarthy and untrusting, how really kind of endearing Quark can be. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they, they've they been able to do that with all sorts of unlikable characters. I mean, look at somebody like Spock. Like, mm. Spock's not particularly likable, but you'd find these moments where it's like, Either he's really caring about his friend or about a stranger, and you'd see just like these things where it's just like, wow, that's really that's really cool that they would do that to or with a character. Um, mm. and that I I don't know I feel like, and I think we even discussed the Star Trek humanizes aliens, pretty much. Yeah. I love that. Maybe just could be because I'm a human. I mean, if I saw yeah, exactly. someone else's, yeah, if I were a Klingon, would be like, oh, they're turning everyone into pussies. Mm. But uh, I also also a fair statement, I think. <laughs> the, with the notable, you know, a handful of notable exceptions. Sure. Star Trek is kind of full of pussies. Yeah. Not Janeway though. Not Janeway and Picard. No. Oh, the captains are never really pussies. No. Clearly. No, I mean, um, yeah, even Cisco. I feel like he wasn't the best captain. Uh, mm. Have you have you seen that documentary, The Captains? No, I I'm just not. watched it. The guy that mm. played Cisco is a little bit nutty. Like, he's, really? Well, how do you how do you mean? He, uh, it's really you need to watch this. He he got all weird, like, because Shatner goes through and interviews all the people that played different captains, right, right? And he was like, "Oh, everything in this life is music, and everything sings to me." And like, he's very. Uh, he had to have been a hippie in his younger days. Like, he's just a little bit goofy. So he's an actor, is what you're saying. <laughs> we apologize, or no, I apologize to all the actors out there. Jay hates you. <laughs> I, mean, I probably don't. I don't say I hate them. I'm just saying there's a. Oh, so that that's the end of the episode. And speaking of actors, uh, in a sense, what I wanted to talk about was I I was doing a little bit of kind of trying to get the the name of Trexticles out there a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I took to my favorite social media site, Twitter. That's, that's what you can find that at uh, Twitter dot com. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe so. I, believe I think so. I think they're working on a thing where you can actually use it on your cell phone. Ah, uh, that's that's just that's hearsay. Just, that's hearsay. That's just futuristic nonsense to me. But. Doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, so please follow us at, at Trexticles on Twitter. <laughs> but what I was doing is I went through and I was asking uh, treculation type questions to adult film stars and. <laughs> I got a bunch of responses. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. I, and this was such a fun thing. And, and, you know, if 
for some reason you are one of the uh, the adult stars that yeah I talked to and you just so happened to download this. Thank you so much <laughs> for even giving me the time of day. It was such a fun. Uh, I experience. really thought you were gonna pull out. Thank you so much for your service to our country. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you for doing porn. Yes. But no, no, no. All these people, they were like super cool. A bunch of them answered to me. The ones that didn't answer me, fuck you. But ah, I, I get it. I get what you did there. Oh, unintentional, actually, completely <laughs> unintentional. But yeah, there. no, just a, a big thank you to all all you guys that retweeted me and and sent me nice little notes. That was fantastic. And so yeah, we got a lot of good downloads from that, and hopefully people are really digging it. Hopefully they're still listening now and they hear this episode. Mm. But I there's, just I wanted yeah, I mean, to point that out. I mean, there's nothing. I think Trexicles and porn go together just so well. Like, I mean, what what could possibly get you and your special lady in the mood more than our sonorous voices talking about? Oh, exactly. Ferengi, Ferengi weapons dealing. <laughs> mm. Getting half hard just thinking about it. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to throw up. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, that was you, really could fun. Could you please leave your, your microphone on? <laughs> 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 thank you ladies well and gentlemen done. thank you um so yeah no i just wanted to send out a big thank you to all the, all those people that they goofed around and had some fun with me on twitter that was fantastic if you want to follow us on twitter it is at trexticles t-r-e-k-s-t-i-c-l-e-s uh me personally i am at at sign thingy the bad pat ryan T-H-E-B-A-D-P-A-T-R-Y-A-N and J-Q-R. I am at Fitz and Toaster, F-I-T-Z-E-N-T-O-A-S-T-E-R, and I'm hoping that uh, my account doesn't mysteriously get locked again, yeah. as has happened that was uh, weird. twice in the past month. I've only had that account for like a month now. I got locked out of mine today, too. It was weird. I don't understand what's going on with that. But, Who um, knows? Also, I do, I do want to say, you know, we do want to thank all the fantastic adult film stars that responded to you in your questions yes. like for instance you know who's your who's your favorite captain right so yes. i think our next campaign which we need to tweet at all the star trek actors we can find and ask them who their favorite porn star is oh that's such a good idea you know take it full circle i am going to tweet at patrick stewart tonight because <laughs> uh one, one of the young ladies that i was talking to was very enthusiastic about Picard, so I should. Right. <laughs> Maybe he'll say her. That'd be that would be that really would, sweet. Oh, we, and we they could be friends. Maker. Yeah. Check that out. So if you want to find us, uh, we are on Facebook. It's Facebook.com/slash Uh We we need some more folks on there, so please go by, give us a like. Uh, I try to try to post stuff now and then. I, I do a lot of stuff with that, and I'll try to do more the more people we get on there. Uh, mm. And. Yeah, you want to find us on the web, we are at battleplanetpodcast.com slash trexticles. And, you know, you can listen to the show off there, but I definitely recommend that you subscribe to us through the iTunes on the iTunes store. Just search for trexticles and you will find us. So until next time, boys and girls, I think we've, I don't know what we have coming up soon. Hopefully a treculation. I want to do one of those. I, I, I want to talk about another segment too, possibly. But right. uh, until next time, live long and punctuation. Well done. Thanks. Troy gets ghost raped. <laughs>